Hey guys, my name is Alex and you're listening to the Thousand Movie Project Podcast. Today is Sunday, the day that I'm recording this, and I devoted it finally to one of my long-standing practices. It's, it's a ritual, basically, but it's something I've been neglecting for the better part of a year, ever since I started doubling down in the final drafts of Cuba Fruit. But now, Cuba Fruit is over, my schedule is loose, and so I'm free to resume the day of study. Our scientific knowledge has evolved through the ages concurrently with the minds of men. Our capacity to learn has expanded in the process. It's not the man they think I am back home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. Rocket man. The challenging idea of exploring beyond our planetary boundaries is as old as history. The day of study is when I go with a bunch of periodicals and essays and just random shit to a coffee shop, generally a Sunday, and I just read for several hours, I make notes, note of the most interesting things that I read, and then I come here and report back. And today's day of study, which is the first in a while, was kind of tricky, but it was tricky in a familiar way. Because just like in 2020, there is a global crisis going on right now, and so it feels like the front page and, and much of the body of every periodical I, I dip into, it seems like every article is about the Russian-Ukrainian war. Which is an important thing to know about, obviously, and while I've been a total fucking crackhead through the week, binging on war coverage and analysis and speculation should really be on the day of study that I task myself with sitting with long-form pieces that really dive into some particular facet of the conflict, rather than just reading a bunch of articles, chiming in on Reddit conversations, picking up little bits and bobs of information that don't necessarily cohere into, like, an understanding of what's going on. I'm wondering if anything is gained by my Hoover vacuum-like consumption of all this hour-by-hour -hour update coverage. When I think back to 2020, I know that I easily read hundreds of articles about COVID-19. I don't even want to think about how many hours of TV coverage and audio coverage I consumed about the fucking pandemic during the quarantine and even after the quarantine. It was definitely dozens of hours and I definitely read thousands of pages. But today, when I think about the coronavirus, both as an illness and as a global and cultural event, I don't feel as knowledgeable as I would expect myself to feel about any other topic on which I had spent so many hours of study. I don't understand it as well as I would understand Ernest Hemingway if I read a 2,000-page biography of Ernest Hemingway. And I think that the same might be said about my consumption of news coverage when it comes to the war in Ukraine. Not only is most of the coverage that I'm reading largely speculative, since all of the major players like are, are doing covert shit and misinformation is a huge weapon of war, but also my I'm upset about the war. I'm angry 
at what I see. I'm aggrieved by the loss of life, and I'm frankly pretty nervous about its escalation and how the West might be roped in. And I don't say that because, you know, oh, I shouldn't be reading this into coverage because it's exacerbating my emotional reaction. The fact that I am upset, I think it manipulates my interpretation of events. For instance, on Saturday night, I spent over an hour on the World News subreddit, and I was reading exclusively about the war in Ukraine, and I did feel like I, I, I understood the situation better at the end of that hour than I had at the beginning. But then this morning in The New Yorker, I read a piece in which David Remnick, the magazine's uh, editor-in-chief, interviewed Stephen Kotkin, who is a major scholar of Russian history. And Kotkin said a few interesting things, and, and the first interesting thing for me was his simply pointing out that Ukraine is losing the war. And as he put it, they're only winning the war on Twitter. And he goes on to say that social media is a critically important theater of battle now when it comes to modern warfare, but Russian soldiers are advancing pretty steadily and they are gaining territory. And it is kind of going to Putin's plan, albeit way slower and at way greater expense. And to be honest, I think that la on Saturday night, I was leaning toward the Reddit posts that were maybe exaggerating this portrait of Vladimir Putin as being afraid or like really, really fucked economically, socially, politically. A few years ago, there was an HBO special about this great medical leap that had been made in cancer research. And I think they had done something to sort of weaponize the common cold virus against cancerous cells. And it was being billed on HBO with this this tagline that was like, has the cure for cancer finally been found? And I saw one of those commercials while I was sitting with my dad, and I asked him if he had any interest in watching that, and he said, Alex, the most frustratingly repetitive headline of my life has been something to the effect of curing cancer. I don't even read the articles anymore. As you probably know, if you listen to this podcast, my politics lean left might be more than a lean they might traipse to the left and i the same might be said for the outlets from which i get my news and i remember in 2021 there was the january 6th riot at the capitol and i saw this flood of articles and the headlines all said trump has finally done the thing that's gonna get him removed from office right at the end of his term he did it to himself and, and when i was looking at those headlines i had this vivid flashback to what my dad had said about that Cure for Cancer HBO special. And I asked myself, how many times in the past four years have I seen a headline that said Donald Trump had just done something to ruin his presidency and that he was about to be evicted from office or that his political career was ruined even before, you know, the election. I remember seeing those articles when he mocked a disabled person. I remember seeing those articles when he fired James Comey, when he extorted the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky. I remember seeing those headlines when it was revealed that he paid $700 in taxes, when he said that veterans were losers, when he insulted a gold star, when family. it was revealed that he was fucking a porn star while his wife was pregnant with his when child, when he said that he would lean in and grab women's pussies without asking them for permission, when he uh, had people use tear gas to disperse a peaceful protest so that he could hold a Bible upside down in front of a church where he was not welcome. I saw articles forecasting the ruin of Donald Trump, the political ruin of Donald Trump, after every one of those events, and nothing ever happened. And shame on me for having given those articles the time of day, because by looking at them, I wasted my time, I gave the news provider a click, and I encouraged them to post more of those kinds of bullshit hot take pieces. So I'm wary now admiring myself in Ukrainian coverage, but that being said, 
I did read this interview with Stephen Kotkin, and it was genuinely enlightening, I think, because he's discussing the events of the moment within a very, very well-informed historical context. At one point, he's talking about Russia versus the West, and this entity, the West, with a capital W, keeps popping up. And finally, Remnick said, what is the West and the way that, the way that you're conceptualizing it as Putin's antagonist? And this was Kotkin's answer. The West is a series of institutions and values. The West is not a geographical place. Russia, for instance, is European, but it's not Western. Japan is Western, but not European. The label Western means rule of law, democracy, private property, open markets, respect for individuality, it means diversity, pluralism of opinion, and all the other freedoms that we enjoy, which we sometimes take for granted. And I thought that was a helpful way to think about it. And another thing that was insightful was his saying that while Russia might well win the war in Ukraine, they cannot successfully occupy Ukraine. He says even if Ukrainians were compliant with Russian forces occupying their streets, which they fucking absolutely are not, you're still talking about tens of millions of civilians being policed by a military of maybe a couple million soldiers. And he says this is what would happen if, if Russia were to even try. Think about all those Ukrainians who would continue to resist. The Nazis came into Kiev in 1940. They grabbed all the luxury hotels, but days later, those hotels started blowing up. They were booby-trapped. If you're an administrator or a military officer in occupied Ukraine and you order a cup of tea, are you going to drink that cup of tea? Do you want to turn on the ignition on your car? Are you going to turn the light switch off in your office? All it takes is a handful of assassinations to unsettle the entire occupation. But anyways, leaving the Ukraine coverage at that. And all this science, I don't understand. It's kind of a shoddy report this week uh, because there was a little else to discuss beside the war in Ukraine. And even when I went specifically toward entertainment news, it was like just it was a whole bunch of coverage about the Batman's success at the box office. And I still haven't seen it because of the theater near my apartment is like even the midday showings during the week are sold out. But there were also several pieces about The Godfather turning 50. And I, but I don't think there was really interesting shit to be said about that. I, there's not really anything left to be said about The Godfather, I don't think, that hasn't already been said. And so, other than that, my friend, there wasn't much to report on. But it, it has greased the gears. I will do my best to bring some sunnier topics to the table. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Thousand Movie Project Podcast. If you like what you heard and you'd like to hear more of it, you can help the show along by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash thousandmovieproject where you will get bonus episodes that are Patreon exclusive and where for the month of March at least I am sending out chapters of uh, the book that I just finished writing called Cuba Fruit. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.